Welcome to the Sermonary Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor, and today I want to talk about uh, parts of the, the, the scriptures that we often will skip, and this is usually like the list of names. Uh, we see these in Matthew, Luke, uh, Romans. We see these in the Old Testament, and we're often tempted to skip these because we don't understand how we can pull application into this. What does this mean for our church, and why are these lists of names really important for them? And we'll pull out things like Rahab and, and Jesus's lineage and David and, and some of these you know less than stellar people uh, and, and apply those things. Uh, but what do these names really mean, and why should we be preaching them? So here, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three reasons uh, or three things to think about when you preach or, or when you have the opportunity to preach these list of, list of names. So uh, I want to use Romans 16 as one example because I recently preached that passage, and uh, in Romans 16, Paul lists 27 names there. So here's the first one. Take note of the words that are used to describe the people that are listed in these in these lists. So Romans 16, 1 through 16, again, Paul lists 27 names, and he uses words like this. Listen, he uses sister, brother, servant, saints, patron, fellow workers, church, first fruits, kinsmen, fellow prisoners, beloved, approved in Christ, elect, mother to me. Now, this gives us insight into how important people and relationships were to Paul and how closely he considered the family of God. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But I think it's important to understand that Paul lists these names at the end of Romans really uh, to talk about how much of an impact they had in his ministry. And, and what we understand is that his relationship with Jesus compelled him to think about his friends differently. Uh, that's what this list of names means. And so it's not just a list of names that many of them we, we can't pronounce. These names meant something to Paul, and therefore they should mean something to us as the church. You know, Paul says, uh, as he lists several of these people, he, he says, in Christ or in the Lord, when he's describing these people or their relationship that he has with them. It's because his relationship with Jesus has changed his perspective of people inside the family of God. For Paul, it comes from this very intense feeling of that we have together been rescued from incredibly long suffering at an incredibly great price, and then we've been placed together in an infinitely safe and happy place. Together, we were experiencing the wrath of God. In fact, if you look at Romans 5, 9, Paul says, since we have been justified by his blood much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So together we were experiencing the wrath of God in our sin, and at an incredibly great price, the, the blood of Jesus, we together have been rescued, and now we get to spend eternity together with him. So Paul has this feeling of togetherness, like we were experiencing this together and we've been rescued together, and this kind of helped unify relationships in Paul's mind. And so I would argue that Romans 16 is not just a list of 27 names that meant something to Paul. I would say that if you look closely, it is rich with theology, ecclesiology, and ethics. Uh, the second one, uh, the second point here is take note of who the people are that are mentioned. What's their backstory? Why, why does their story matter to the greater story? So let's say you're, you're preaching the lineage of Jesus, the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew. You know, this, this is the part, if we're doing the book of Matthew, we kind of skip over this or we skim through it really quickly. 
when we look at this genealogy of Jesus, there are significant names in there, and they mean something. And there's some names in there that we don't quite know who they are. But I believe that men and women in your church can relate to some of these less than stellar characters and know that there's hope that God can do whatever he wants with whomever he wants, that, that names and people matter to God. And just because their story isn't clean and perfect didn't mean that they didn't get to be a part of Jesus' story, that Jesus did something with that. There was redemption in their story, that God was doing something in spite of them, in spite of their sin, in spite of their wickedness. And so I think that as we preach through things like Matthew and Jesus' lineage and genealogy, that we need to pull out who these people are. Why are they in this story? And that brings me to the last point. The Bible mentions people because God cares about people. The Bible mentions people because God cares about people. We need to teach these passages that seem boring and arbitrary because the Bible does not waste words. And if these names are listed in the scriptures, then they must be significant enough for us to at least ask the question, who are they and why do they matter in this story? Obviously, God cares about people because he, he mentions people all throughout scripture. He uses wicked people's stories to tell his story. And, and, and we get to be a part of that. And so I think that we should never skim over or skip over these sections that just have a list of names, but let's dive deep into them. I think that our churches can benefit so much from us digging deep into who these people are and why does the scripture mention them? Why are they pulled out? Why are they singled out in these lists? What, what does it mean? I, I want to end with, with this point, and this brings us back to uh, Paul's perspective on relationships, because I think that preaching through passages like this can help unify our church. It can help us understand relationships inside the church and why relationships inside the church matter. So, so let, let, me, let me end with this, because Paul's perspective on relationships inside the family of God was very similar to Jesus's relationship uh, to, with people inside the family of God. Uh, when Jesus is on the cross, when, when a, the eldest son is put in a situation like that where he's leaving or he's going to die or something like that, usually he would hand, if the father's dead, he would hand care of his mother over to the next eldest brother. Well, we know that James was Jesus's next brother, but we also know in church history and in scripture that James was not yet a believer. And so he was not yet in the family of God. And so what does Jesus do? He doesn't hand care of Mary over to James. He hands care of Mary over to John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he does this because spiritual relationships mattered more to Jesus. They, they, they were deeper to Jesus than blood relationships were because Jesus had an eternal perspective on relationships. He looked at James and said, James is my spiritual brother, which, which I think a lot of us, for, for some reason, we think when we think spiritual family, we think the second family. To Jesus, that was the first family. Like this matters more than my blood family. And he signifies this on the cross when he hands the care of Mary over to John. I think going through these lists of names helps us bring out those things because now we get to see how Paul saw the church. Like the, the church meant something to Paul more than his blood family, that these relationships mattered and they should matter to us inside the church as well. So I think there's a lot of benefit when we preach these types of passages where, where there's just a list of names. Let's dive deep into them and let's say, why is this here? Because this is here for a reason. The Bible is not wasting words here. It's not just a, a family history, but there's meaning in that. 
Uh, and so I would challenge you, maybe even intentionally go and find some of these passages and preach on them in the coming weeks and see uh, what that does for your church's perspective of Scripture and their perspective of what people mean to God. I hope that helps. Look forward to seeing you guys next time.